3: Hello friends, welcome to Madden's Moneyball Group Therapy. It is 11-11 on December 4th, coming to you after another Mavericks loss at home, this time to the Memphis Grizzlies, 97-90. For anyone joining in, you probably watched the travesty of a basketball game where the final score didn't really belay just how hopeless the Mavericks felt for much of it. Um, before I invite people up here, I, I'm, I'm gonna have a little bit of a talk. I, I, you know, my co-host Josh Bow said it, it wasn't worth being mad about this game. Um, I'm going to be mad about this game. I am so fucking tired of this. I am, I, I, I don't even know where to start. It's the owner. It's the GM might be the same person. It's the new coach. It's. The same players. It's the offense which is worse. It's the defense which doesn't exist. It's the fact that they don't seem to have fun which results in us not having fun. I am just so exhausted of turning in night after night and watching the same bullshit time and time again then get fed fed quotes about how this, that, and the other is fine and how oh, we just need to not worry, and oh, it'll be okay when this thing happens. Basketball does not get played in a vacuum. You can set things up, and you have to be able to roll with the punches. This is the same Mavericks team. This is the same talk we've been having, and frankly, I'm tired of it. Adding to our our, our misfortune tonight is former TCU standout Desmond Bain absolutely blowing Dallas off the map tonight, and really, just continuing to stab the Dallas front office in the post game, which good for him. Good for him. If you haven't seen any of his quotes, they're they're beautiful. They're insane. I cannot believe he's actually saying this. Uh, he, he <laughs> Desmond Bain actually said oh, when someone must have asked him about Josh Green not playing, and he said that's on them. That's not on me. And then Josh Bain. <laughs> Josh Bain actually said, no question. I've always thrived on that. I mean, I'm a guy that not a guy that needs a bunch of extra motivation, but I'm definitely motivated to play against the organizations that passed on me. I mean, there's 29 of them. I went 30th. So every game, especially ones like Dallas, the ones I thought would be good fits and were showing me interest in the pre-draft process right in my backyard. I love where I'm at. But if there was a number two, it probably would have been here. So I'm just glad we got the win tonight. Let me say that. Josh Green has scored 14 points this season. Desmond Bain hit four three-pointers tonight. Josh Green has hit four threes in his career. The 2020 draft, in retrospect, may go down as one of the bigger calamities in this Donnie Nelson, Bob Cuban era these guys need to be held accountable for this, and I'm tired of everybody telling me it'll be just fine. It will not be fine. We don't just need to get to the playoffs. The Dallas Mavericks actually need to win basketball games and look coherent doing it. They've had 10 win- or 11 wins this year, right? I want to say maybe four of them felt good, and then the other seven were kind of, eh. My wife is making fun of me. She's recording me on her TikTok and I this is going to be on her social media feed. And I just I'm 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 over all this. I'm over all of it. And I, I you know it's pretty hard to do considering this is my job. All right folks, let's come on stage and uh, let's let's uh, grind out some some frustrations. Chris, how you doing? Hey, Kirk. How you doing? I mean you just heard how I'm doing. I'm going to take a really big drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I I'm,
4: I'm, I'm in the back. I'm just like preach, Kirk. Preach. Just everything you're saying is how I'm feeling. Desmond Bain just looking out his arms look like freaking Scott Steiner, big papa pump, just like out there hitting threes, like, wow man, just this this sucks, man. I don't want Josh Green on the team just because of this. Like just
3: it's not his minor. fault too. I feel so bad for him. He just looks like a lost kid. Like I, I went to YMCA basketball today for five year olds, and he's not
4: <laughs> Can somebody bitch slap Donnie Nelson for the shit that he did? Like whatever it was it him storming out the room or throwing a fit about something. And then what Bob O'Garris is the
3: one that picked Josh Green, I guess. I mean, I, what uh, it, uh. it doesn't matter. It, it's an organizational. I wrote this in my recap. Let me go find, you know, reading myself. is just such an asshole move. <laughs> but, but it, I, I said, things can always change in basketball. It's a fluid game, but the Dallas problems are systemic and institutional until they change something past the head coach. And we're just going to keep seeing variations. Hell, the Kyrie
4: Irving thing. I would do anything right now. Just 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 anything. I would literally swap out our entire team besides Luka and KP. Maybe maybe not the Thunder, you know, because they're just a draft hoarding team, but uh draft, you know, draft picking uh hoarding team, but just any team right now.
3: Just trade the whole fucking team. Hold, hold on, Chris. I need to I need to stop you just for a second because I'm watching the chat. Guys, guys. Here's what happened. Donnie, or Hralabob Bulgaris went on record and the Mavericks have not contested him. He went on record on ESPN Daily and said that Donnie Nelson stormed out of the draft room, upset that Hralabob was involved in the process, leaving Hralabob to make those picks. are So are the picks Hralabob's fault in 2020? Yes. Is our general manager, who wasn't fired until a year later, absolutely at fault? Yes. Donnie Nelson has been mailing it in for almost 10 years. The only reason they stumbled into Luca is because four other teams farted around and there were just enough people at Cuban's ear in the right time to get him to trade up. He didn't want to. Okay.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, this, this, well, just tonight specifically, this game was just frustrating. We play like dog shit. I mean, I know Memphis hasn't trailed at all in the last four games against, you know, any of the teams, But just the fact that they teased us, we got within five, and then the bullshit with the, the, you know, the heel being out, you know, Jalen Brunson and all the missed free throws, just like, I mean, the Grizzlies were basically handing us the game. They were turning the ball over. They were missing free throws. You know, Dwight Powell acting, looking like Dwight Powell out there, you know, just getting thrown around like a ragdoll, yet he gets called for the foul. Just stupid bullshit. I'm just, this game was frustrating. I, I knew I was counting on a loss because KP and Luka were out, but. I, I mean, good god, dude! This team is just fucking trash. Like, gonna be loyal to them, watch every single game. But I, I'm just, I'm frustrated as hell right now. I just, this is it. That's all. That's all I gotta say tonight. I just, we, we got to win on Tuesday.
3: Hopefully, Luca. Hey, guess who we play on Tuesday? Yeah, the Nets. <laughs> we just lost to the Chicago Bulls, and Kevin Durant, who is the scariest scorer of my lifetime, is probably gonna. Yeah, um, real quick, Luca and KP. I mean, is their injuries is more just precautionary, right? I mean, you would everything- like to think so. I mean, the, the, somebody in our Slack was a little worried that they gave Luca an MRI, but like one of the benefits of being a, a ultra wealthy basketball team is being able to have an MRI machine yeah. on site. So there's, there's, I think if, if it were more worrisome, we would probably know something. Um, so I think it's gotta be precautionary.
4: Yeah. Yes. And lastly, I mean, KP was actually hurt on Monday and he played against the Pelicans. So, I mean, you know, maybe that's good. Or not. You know, and Luca got injured a couple weeks ago against uh, whoever that was. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, Austin Rivers that landed on his ankle. So, it was probably lingering from that, I think. so. But we'll just get a win on Tuesday. Hopefully, God, man. We need, we need those guys to get back. Just this one loss, having them both out, it feels like five losses.
3: I mean. For sure. There, was, there were, like I would have said after the um – which was it after the Cavs game that they would, have you know, go, they should have gone three and out after the Cavs game. Instead they went one and two and that oh, sucks. We've got to be winning these home games, uh, but that's all I have. And let's just, just stick with it. So <laughs> Thanks buddy. Talk to you soon. Right. Okay. Coming up next, Jose, what's up, Jose? How you doing? Mm, I'll be all right. i gotta put up christmas lights tomorrow so if i die like falling off a ladder you guys will just just like you know play this at my funeral
2: (laughs) screaming into the void but uh so i actually was asleep for the first half because just like the mavericks
3: congratulations (laughs)
2: <laughs> I had two hours of sleep because uh, I woke, woke up at three o'clock to, to go to work for overtime and I fell asleep. I had good four hours of sleep. And when I finally turned the game on, I wasn't missing much. <laughs> it was is exactly what what I thought I would be tuning into uh, a Luka list and KP list game of the Mavericks. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it was, I, I look like John Morant was also out. So it's like when I kept hearing the Mavericks broadcast being like, well, the Mavericks are down. And I'm like, well, so are the Grizzlies. And they just hung 154 on somebody. And the Grizzlies are really just kind of a funhouse mirror version of Dallas because they've been on kind of these trajectories around the same time. I, I really love Memphis' draft. Like, I like most of the guys in Memphis' team. Like, John Conchar would be in our rotation right now. Um, some of the guy like like Dylan Brooks is he just screams Dallas Mavericks to me with some of the terrible shots he was taking. Um but I, I just like the team. I don't know. And and this was this was a preordained loss that I cannot believe I'm this mad about, but I am.
2: No, I, I definitely feel your pain. I mean, w- watching teams like Memphis and and the Hawks who were like I don't know, they're they're just really good at at doing the little things on drafting, at, at signing meaningful players. When when they traded uh Valanciunas, I thought, whoa, like they're they're really taking a step back. But the team is four and zero without Ja Moran, mm-hmm. and the same cannot be said with with the Mavs. The Mavs cannot simply win a, a game without Luka, and no matter how good KP played. It, it wasn't leading to any wins, so. I still would have like, liked to seen him play. Like I know why they're
3: holding him out, but it's just
2: uh,
3: you feel bad because KP's already missed seven games this year. Like everyone's sitting here talking, oh, it's going to be his year. He's going to be healthy. He's missed seven of twenty
2: two games, and it's not his fault. It is what it is, but it's still disappointing. Right, and, and I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, Kirk. Uh, I, I hate when when you guys say that y'all don't get a, enough listens during the losses, I think maybe because people want to hear something more oh, positive. Yeah. I don't blame people for wanting it, to move on. It's just, it's like, like I wouldn't want to relive this either. Right. <laughs> but at, at the same time, if we just want to soak in all the positivity, we're, we're never going to do any growth because we, we had to hear about the negatives and, the negatives, unfortunately, is that, that we're just not good. And I feel like maybe Nico, um seeing this team, finally decides, hey, maybe it's time for a full rebuild. Uh, I, I don't no, know.
3: I don't think so. They, they have a pretty high floor with Luka farting along. I mean, look at what's happening to aspects of the West right now. Like the Lakers don't have some of the health issues the Mavericks have, and they still suck. Portland is just like Portland started Dennis Smith jr. tonight I want you I want you to know that's where we could be so for as much as I I'm upset because Luca is a generational player and I feel like we're wasting aspects of his of his career that's why I'm upset um but things could be darker and worse in a much more specific way it's something that I kind of come back to and I really think that with how weird the West will be like I don't think the Clippers are any good um I think the Mavericks are gonna have like six seven seed most likely potential they could also figure out how to play basketball once again and be okay but right now this is just awful like I, I don't know how to i just don't know how to deal with it because this has just not been fun and i'm not used to like i like the last time basketball wasn't fun for me for like watching the mavericks was the second half of dennis smith's rookie year when they were went you know there's tons of tanking like there's just nothing to take away from those games and that's kind of where i feel like we're at like i just don't know what to take away from these games. At this.
2: Right, uh, something I feel like we're we're missing in, in players is athleticism and and speed. I know Jason Kidd has a track record of having a really slow paced offense, and with with Luca at the helm, I mean that that's also something to to be a factor as to why we have a slow paced offense. But like when when we watch Dennis Smith Jr. Like even during the times where we were losing games, it was fun to watch because Dennis Smith Jr. was extremely athletic. When uh I I always bring this up because Monte Ellis, I feel like, doesn't get a lot of credit for what he brought to the Mavs. And like when you see Monte Ellis just running back in transition on the offensive end, I feel like we need players like that. <laughs> but I, I don't know how to correct the shit for the Mavericks. Uh, luckily, I'm not in the, the office because I'd be firing everybody after I seen Desmond Bain, uh, basically s- snub the the Mavericks. And I I don't mind these players getting back at the organization, like when Tyson Chandler was let go of twice and just didn't want to come back after after a while, and and Crowder not wanting to uh to come to Dallas and chose to go to Phoenix. Uh Seth Curry putting up the numbers he's putting. I, I don't mind these guys taking it to the Mavs. Like this is what the front office needs to continuously see from players that they
3: We we shouldn't say the front office. We're just gonna start saying Mark Cuban. I, uh, I wrote yeah. literally in the article today general like I literally wrote governor slash general manager Mark Cuban. Because I, I, Nico Harrison could be mana from heaven, but I wouldn't know it. There's not, you know, it's going to take a while for me to 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 move on from this because it's just, I just I've heard enough, read enough, written enough. I am done with this. And, you know, I, I just said this on a pod with Josh, but one of the guys who listens um, to our show, I think his name's Amar, said that he was exchanging emails with Cuban today. I don't. I have no reason to disbelieve him because Cuban actually answers lots of emails, and he basically said that Cuban was making excuses for oh, the rest of the league is having some of these offensive problems too. And it's like I don't care about the rest of the league. I care about the Dallas Mavericks. I care about Luka Doncic. Let's uh, right. let's focus. Let's focus. You know. And I saw like you know. I just I don't know. I, I, I'm over him at this point. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to keep
2: my criticism respectful. But I'm- right. And and also about the the ball. There, There's a lot of talk about how the ball is playing a factor. Which and I think the is athletic. true. Yeah. Well, the, the the Athletic had a, a podcast, I think, uh, earlier this week or so, where one of the guys has said that uh, Latvia has, like, two different balls and the shooting percentage goes down, like, maybe two or four percent. But he said it's not entirely the ball because that team – plays with two different balls and they do that throughout the whole season. They, they don't just do it for like one game or so. I would like I to know. see I, what I would like to see is some form of balls from the
3: Dallas Mavericks because these last several losses are pissing me off. What do you got? You got anything else for us? No, buddy? I, I don't,
2: I don't want to harp on this long. This is Mark Cuban's fault and he deserves all the slander. All right. Thanks buddy. Talk to you soon. Have a good night okay coming up next brandon actually you
3: know what i'm gonna i'm gonna let steven jump in because it's been a while since i've seen mr steven in here how you doing steven hit that unmute button it instamutes you to begin
5: hey good man it's been a while sorry just that uh teacher life that's taken over since the summer so haven't really been able to uh uh haven't been able to chime in to these in a while but it's good to be back um Uh, Still enjoy catching up, listening to these. Uh, Yeah, I really don't have much production to say except for that Mark Cuban can step on as many Legos as possible, to be honest. Uh, Yeah, it's just, man, it's just so uh, brutal to see this. It also hurts more because I'm a TCU grad, so I literally have seen as many games with Desmond Bain just, like, uh, tearing up the Big 12. Uh, One of my favorite moments where I kind of knew, like, or I guess, like, TCU – uh, alumni like me knew that he was going to be something really special was, I don't know if you ever saw it, but in the 2017 big 12 tournament, he iced Kansas that was led by like Josh Jackson, Frank Mason, I think a freshman Devonte Graham when they were kind of running the NCAA and yeah. he, yeah, he just toured them up. And I think that was the moment we kind of knew collectively that he was going to be great. But I'm just tired of, like, Cuban's complicity of just, like, you know, just with free agency and then just, I don't know, the of Cuban. Sorry, my mic keeps on going in and out. I don't know if it's the app. It's or not your
3: fault. The app's a little goofy sometimes. Yeah,
5: technology, right? Sometimes amazing. Sometimes, like, what are you doing? <laughs> so Right. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know, Kirk. Yeah, I don't really have the most, like, best criticism to add. It's just, like, uh Yeah, it's just like uh, I just keep on going back also just to that epic takedown that you had posted in the summer about Cuban of just like all the the like most unnecessary dumbest comments of Mm. just like him like he's a billionaire, but there's nothing impressive about the guy when it comes to basketball. Savvyness. Right.
3: Just a little stuff. And he's a, he's a, you know, and this stuff is just keeps adding to it. And I have, sorry if anybody can hear my dog just absolutely murdering a, a toy in the background. Uh, he's, he's eating a LeBron James face jam or LeBron James face jam toy. Anyways, I'll walk into another room. Um, Yeah. I, you know, I need to keep my own criticism within a certain specific line just because of what I do, but I try to keep everything above board and it's just you keep hearing the same themes, and everybody that surrounds this organization is just like, oh, well, it's it's just like Jerry. It's just like Jerry. You're going to have to deal with it. Well, Jerry has finally taken a step back after years and years of ineptitude. Like, and some of that has to be because it wasn't working. And so it's like that's kind of what we have to hope for. I mean, him sitting next to the team has gotten to be painful to me. I was there last night, and I watched him. Somebody pointed out in the green room after that he wanders over and talks to the players sometimes during timeouts, and I'm just like, I cannot stress how freaking weird that is. That's so weird. Well, and um, it, like, could you imagine Jerry Jones doing that in a football game? The,
5: the one thing I guess the one slimmer hope, or I guess everything that Mass fans are kind of keeping an eye on is, I can't remember, I don't know if it was Brad Townsend, or there was another, maybe uh, another reporter. They had quoted a quote by Nico Harrison where I think he said that mid-December is the idea of when they'll kind of have a good, uh, I guess, measurement of how this Mavs team is. And I think Brad Townsend was the first to kind of acknowledge that, like, December 15th is when a lot of more contracts will become eligible for trades. So I guess I'm just hoping that maybe, I don't know if they'll pull the trigger as soon as that date arrives, but, hey, maybe they'll, like, speed things up a bit and be like, we can't wait until... February or early March, whenever the deadline will actually occur. So I'm hoping that maybe if it's not a swing for things, maybe they do get Goron, or maybe they try for something smaller. Like, I don't know, maybe they want to money ball something, bring someone like Kenrich, Kenrich Williams to where they can get a double, double machine at the cheapest cost.
3: I'm not really sure. Xavier wrote a piece that's going up tomorrow morning about sort of the limitations that they're under that. I think, and, you know, Xavier, if you guys you guys have heard him in here and anybody that's listened, like, Xavier kind of makes me look like a happy fan sometimes. Like, he's a gambler, and then he's just kind of a – like, he's, he's a pessimistic Mavs fan is, I think, a safe thing to say. And he wrote a piece that was just kind of throwing cold water on the idea of any sort of trade, um, at least a trade that's not a lateral move. Like, any sort of, like, lateral or, like, toxic asset – I mean, toxic is, is – it's a grumpy phrase, but it basically means – any player that's not playing up to their current contract that a team might be willing to part from, he thinks that's where we need to turn our attention. <laughs> you might be right. So we'll see. But you know, I, I appreciate you coming up. And-
5: yeah. Thanks man. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'll back out so that way other people going to have, uh, their, uh, time
3: to shop. All right. Thanks buddy. Talk to you soon. Uh, and I appreciate all teachers. My goodness. Yeah, it's, anytime my son like i was i did that for a year by myself the four-year-old and i don't know how i did it and now i'm like i can never do it again teachers are my favorite people in the world um coming up next i have brian who uh brian french has been waiting for a while and i haven't seen his name in here before brian how you doing tonight dorian finney smith green jersey
6: dorian finney smith the green jersey it's
2: a very i love rare. it how you doing
6: thank you very good I was at the game tonight actually and uh man it's just it's just really crazy to see it was really bench versus bench tonight and uh what is it the coach for the Memphis Grizzlies Taylor Jenkins that's what I was really watching tonight was the Taylor Jenkins versus Jason Kidd tonight and he seemed like he was 10 times more active with his team and everything and I really can't stress that enough, like, how crazy that is. Now he, Jason, ha- Jason has his arms crossed side to side just watching. He doesn't say a single word during any possession. He doesn't call the single play during any of the fourth quarter at all. Not one single strong play. To try Jason to get Garrett
3: vibes. Strong Jason Garrett clapping. He has
6: his arms, arms crossed just watching the team play. And I'm like, please call a play. Like, try to get something going. But, I mean, we can just – it's just Mavericks running into defenders in the paint and throwing up a crazy layup. That's all the whole game was, It's just throwing up crazy shots. I mean,
3: it's I, a re- I love that. I'm glad you said that because Josh and I forgot to cover this on our recent on, our, on the show we just did. There was a number that we talked about late last night, which I'm sure most of this room either heard or – and very few people on the podcast did because I forgot to post it as a podcast like 3 o'clock today. The Mavericks are 30th at rim rate, meaning shots that they take at the rim. And tonight I I saw a ton of guys driving at the rim that have no business doing it because they're not good at it. Like why is Maxi Kleba taking a left-handed drive to the basket and just like throwing up some wild stuff like – Dorian is Stanley from the office when he dribbles. Like, I appreciate the guy, but it's not his game. There were some – like, it's odd. And, you know, Taylor Jenkins, who I am 99% positive, is a a Dallas Jesuit graduate. Um, He's a hometown boy from here because I'm pretty sure he was teammates with Jonathan Charks of the Ringer. Um, He's a good coach. Uh, you know, I, I'm still kind of reluctant to go too hard into kid because I think he's sort of saddled with a bad roster, but I also think he sucks. But that's kind of a different story for a different day. But watching him, it's really painful. It's like last night after the game, one of his quotes was essentially like when someone's like, uh, "How are you going to motivate the team for next game?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know. You know, it's they have another, we have another game tomorrow, so we'll, It's like just really kind of bland coach speak stuff. And you know, I know lots of people were really excited about him going in on Luca. Inter- and he's right, but it's just it's like I don't, I just it, it didn't feel like like it felt like an odd time for it, and I I just don't know what to I, I'm not a big fan of his at the moment is, is what I'll say.
6: You know what's funny, Kirk, is at the beginning of the season they asked they asked Jason Kidd what is one of the things like you're planning to do, and he he laughed. He said this team is going to be a very more defensive team. Is is literally a quote from his uh one of his first interviews before the season started, and uh, we see a performance like this tonight. I mean, I know I got the Dorian Finney-Smith jersey on my picture and everything because I got his jersey because he brings a lot of heart to this team, but right right now I don't see a lot of heart, and that's – you know, Jason can throw that off, but that's a, that's a coaching. Uh, you have to motivate your players. You have to get them in the situation to get ready to play – even if it's you don't have your best player out there, you don't have your two best players you have to make a game plan you gotta produce something and when I was in the stadium tonight it was it was really horrible. What I saw was really sad how he was just doing nothing to uh try to help the team at all so
3: yeah, and a Tiger can't change its stripes. And so I've always thought the defensive comments were weird because it's like, okay, we're going to play harder. We're going to play better defense. Like, those are interesting comments. But he's – today – like, a couple games we are always talked about defensive – um, like, how we're, how they're just not up to it. And it's like, well, of course this team's not good at defense. They don't have good defensive players. What are we talking about?
6: Oh, uh, yeah. We definitely don't have the defensive team. And I don't blame – I don't blame Jason Kidd at all. He – he he came he was hired into this situation so I, I'm able to give him a leeway for a year or two honestly because so let's see let's get him some players if he if he wants to make a certain team the way how he wants it let's get him some players let's get let's give him a little leeway and see what he can do because I mean we gave Rick Carlisle a 10 year tenure I mean and we saw what that happened so I don't think Mark Cuban's gonna get rid of him within five years so um, i don't because yeah yeah we're we're stuck with him i mean we have no option we're gonna have to endure this for the next five years at least so i mean let's see what he can do i mean make some changes thank you for joining us brian
3: i appreciate you hope you come back
6: thank you i'm a long-time listener and thank you for having me on i mean i've listened to your i've listened to shows past three years and i went to the game tonight and i just felt like i had to say something so thanks for bringing me
3: on of course of course, of course, of course. And and um anybody that that is listening on here, I want you to download Green Room and join us. It is fun, it is more productive than talking to your wife or spouse or friend who may not care because we're all mad here and we might as well have fun together. Um coming up next, we should talk to got a bunch of regulars, so I'm just going to go with people I've not seen in order. Brian a second straight Brian. Kirk, uh, my friend, the times that
1: we're in with this stupid, stupid basketball team right now. uh, I've I've got a couple, uh, but I'll I'll change it up since uh, Brian actually stole some of my thunders. Uh, Thanks, Brian. So this very optimistic, positive idea that this team is going to have reverse um, uh, uh, aggression within their offense, it needs to stop. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I know you're very bullish on Reggie Bullock, and I, I just don't see anything within this offense. The way it's run, the, the players, like you've mentioned, uh, people dribbling like uh, Stanley from the office. it's not there. It's not. Like, so I don't mean to be that guy to just take a dump on your dream if you think this offense is going to make us click. It's not, and if it does, it's going to fool you like it fooled me in the Clippers series where they may just go on a barrage for two straight games, and it's going to come back to earth. So really, realistically, you don't want them to fool you for a month because then you're going to get your hopes up, and then they all fart and fall down their way into a fourth seed and get it obliterated in the playoffs. So at this point, let this team show its true colors. You really, really need this to happen. And uh, another thing, guys, if you are mad about this team, express your frustration because I am so tired. I'm so goddamn tired of everybody telling, like, people like me, Kirk, Josh, Bo, uh, Ben Zidell to hush, and we don't know what we're talking about. Matt, like, referring to us at Matt's Twitter, uh, I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. This is me speaking, not Kirk Henderson. Matt's front office, fuck off. We are not dumb. We are not thick goldfish. We are actually very smart and educated people. There is so much information out there available. I might
3: be. I might be kind of dumb. I might be. Uh,
1: kind of. no, no. I think you're you're actually very educated, my friend. But there is so much information available to you, the fan, than there, there was a decade ago. So we see everything now. We may not be professional athletes, and we don't have that aspect of the game. But we, the fan, are very, very educated, and for Cuban to say stupid things like, "Oh, we don't know what we talk about. We want to straight Luca Donkin." I'm not hearing that anymore. Like, and we are in that odd space of Jerry Jones land, Kurt. Like Brian was saying earlier, the thing about Jerry is, so it's taken him about tw- almost 25 years to get his shit together. I don't know if I have the patience for that. And I tell you what, Luca does not have the patience for that because Luca will be gone. He will be gone. And there's a weird part of me that if that happens, I think he even deserves it. He absolutely deserves it because he likes to think he's the smartest guy in the room. Well, Mark, let me tell you something. You don't know shit, man. You do not. And the thing is, you are a very smart businessman, but as far as running a basketball organization, you're a buffoon. You are an absolute buffoon, and you are only going to just dig yourself a deeper, darker hole that you won't be able to get out of. And I won't feel sorry for you.
3: Well, I mean, it's just they learned all the long they they learned all the wrong lessons from their championship window, which was we're smart and we know what we're doing. And the 20, 000, 2011 lockout and the new CBA. Basically level the playing field because up until that point, Cuban had been one of the owners willing to spend all his money, and you know they've never gone into the tax. I don't know if they've gone over. I'm pretty sure they've gone over the cap since the last thing. But you know they're gonna. The first time they're really gonna go into the tax will probably be next year, and it's gonna be with the team that really isn't good enough to go into the tax. And it's right. So mad, you know.
1: Yeah. And Kirk, look at the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers are absolute dog shit. And you know what? They spent half a billion dollars to, on free agents to get to their crappy team. Now, I know it's different with basketball, right? We completely understand. But I will die on this freaking hill that if they would remove their heads from their asses, I'm sorry, I'm I'm cussing like a sailor, so I apologize. But the thing that they think they know, they're chasing that mythical dragon like they were selling us a Yana stream and the Lowry dream. It's just like, dude, you do not need these guys. Get me a Desmond Bain. Get me a Christian Wood. Get me a freaking um, Daniel Gafford. Dear God, just give me functional players. I don't need another Porzingis. Get me a functional player. Like, I like Dorian. I liked him. But we asked him to do too much. And then – what you Porzing- see –
3: did, I hate I hate to cut you off, but this is just it's too fun to re- it's it's hilarious to reread. Did my I wrote a recap tonight. And I'm not you know. I, did you happen to read it? it no, it's fine. No, I have not. No, 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 not. Okay, yet. so a wonderful follower sent me an amazing tweet, and he said, "Hey, Kirk, the, these two players were also in. Were it was a November 2016 oh, game. Oh, I saw game. that." <laughs> The Mavericks lost to the Grizzlies 80-64. to 64. 64 is the second lowest point total the Mavericks have ever produced in an NBA game. Two of the most prominent players in that game for the Mavericks were Dorian Finney-Smith and Dwight Powell, who are two of the starters tonight. Oh, Jesus <laughs> and Christ. It's not fair, but it's just, it, to me, it's like an emblem of, what are we doing, guys? Like, what are we doing? And And that's the thing,
1: Kirk. It really, I I I applaud all these optimistic people out there that think this roster is got like there's this mystical trade that's gonna happen, fellas, guys, ladies, everybody listening right now in in the internet and on podcast form. The Mavericks have absolutely nothing to offer up of substance to a basketball team. They have their draft pick that they could kick down the road, but you know what? If I'm a team and I see the way the Mavs are looking. I would gladly take the Mavericks first round pick because the way stuff is going that sideways. And then if that turns into a top 15, 10 pick, it would be hilarious as far as like enjoying more of our pain. But if I'm an owner or, or, you know, if I'm the GM of, you know, Oh God, somebody in the bottom right now, like a Pistons or something, I would easily take the Mavericks back. But I'm telling you, Josh green, Maxine Powell. That's not, that, that is not a sexy allure to get somebody here. I, I'm very sorry to hear that. and you had mentioned earlier, a lot of these guys aren't paying, like playing to their paper. So unless there's this drastic change within Tim Hardaway, Dwight Powell, like these guys aren't going anywhere. And just one more thing, and I'm so sorry, I'm like rambling here. I'm, if I hear this whole practice theory again, because we've learned, Kirk, that Moses Brown doesn't play due to his practice terms. And I think you and Josh mentioned this on the podcast uh, earlier this week. Josh Green did not play tonight when the Mavs were shorthanded and on a back-to-back. Let me repeat that again. Josh Green did not play tonight a single minute. Well, it's
3: minute. primarily because he's
1: so, not good. Well, I understand that, Kirk. But I just want everybody, I want everybody to acknowledge that... For every – as much shit that people gave the Carlisle for not playing this kid, kids are doing the exact same thing.
3: Oh, yeah. So well, Thank you for hanging out, buddy. So, uh, I appreciate it.
1: Of course. Hey, man,
3: appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I got to uh, got to go see Santa tomorrow. Should I ask Santa? That's what I should do. I, <laughs> ask Sa- I should ask Santa for Mavs wins for Christmas. Oh, God. <laughs> We, well, we does it carry play. over? Does it
1: transfer though? Like, give it like don't give you wins for this year. We need more wins for next year. Now, oh, so.
3: I see. Okay. Well, we'll see. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Brandon just said, said I should ask Santa for a new owner. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Brian. Thanks so much. Okay. Coming up next, uh, Brandon, who just had a great con- hey, Kirk. How you doing? I'm okay, now it's a point of therapy. I feel better now.
7: <laughs> you were going off, and that was making me feel better too. Um so okay two things uh I think it was one of the bryans I'm not sure is one one of the recent people I fully disagree with giving kid a pass right now yes the roster is the main problem absolutely the source of everything but everybody agrees this is the same roster for 3 years and they're significantly worse at pretty much everything except maybe defense cuz they were already really bad at that and there's no improvement. So kid deserves no pass for anything from taking an elite offense to a mediocre to dog shit offense. So that's just one thing. It's huge. It's huge. And he's not getting
3: any he, you know they're not getting any
7: No, no, cuz I mean it's first year head coach and your comparisons to Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan, so that's uh, really, really scary for me. Uh, it sounds like 10 more years of this bullshit. But um, no, the, the main thing I actually wanted to bring up, last night, uh, it might have been a couple days ago. Uh, no, 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 it was last night because he got fired last night. Neil o- Olshe from uh, Portland got canned, and the ringer ran a story on it. And I couldn't help as I was reading that story. I mean, just replacing all the Portland, you know, head coaches, GMs, players with whoever their, you know, counterpart in Dallas is, and it's eerily similar to where we are right now. And I mean, it, it, I just, this is probably the least optimistic I've ever been
3: since we drafted Luca. Sorry, I muted myself and my phone locked. Yeah, there's there's some there's some uh, trouble ahead. Um, they go so they play Brooklyn, Memphis, Indiana, Oklahoma City, Charlotte, Los Angeles, Minnesota, Minnesota, Milwaukee, Utah. That sucks because Brooklyn is good, Memphis is good, Indiana, Carlisle is gonna find a way to stab us in the heart. Oklahoma City is terrible, but they we also lost Oklahoma City last year. Um, Charlotte is, is, they're just fun to watch. The Lakers and Mavericks might be an, an, a, a, a stoppable force versus a movable object game as both teams are, might be better than they think. And playing Minnesota in a back to back is brutal. The Wolves are the team in that, in the kind of Western Conference morass right now that terrifies me the most, mainly because they don't know how good they can be. So. (sighs) Well, thank you for joining us. You got anything
7: else? Uh, yeah. I mean, I got. So earlier in the year, I got some tickets for a couple games. Um, I got one to the uh, I got one to the Dirk retirement game, Ooh. and I'm now terrified that we're gonna get blown out by like 41. We points. might, but
3: then again, the the the, the Warriors just lost lost to the Spurs tonight, and like if there's a game for them to have energy, you know,
7: I, I hope. So. Yeah,
3: because like Luca sometimes just shows up and is like, oh yeah, I'm Luca effing Doncic, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Thank you so much, Brandon. We'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. All right. Um Who we got? Let's see if we got any newer folks in here. Um looks like folks have talked with before, so that's all right. Brett, what do you
0: got?
8: Well, uh, the first thing is you're talking about um Cuban like talking to the players and you know sitting behind the bench and all that. That kind of antics r- reminds me of, you know, when it's like Vladimir Putin like playing in a hockey game for like the national like Russian national team to <laughs> scrimmage. Or like or like I don't remember who it was, but it was some like South American or like or like uh, or like Caribbean country where like the president or something like or like the owner of a team like played himself in the game. Like it's that kind of like nonsense that like it, it, it seems like what like like what the, that kind of stuff that Cuban that Cuban does with like players with like running the team himself.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's but it's uh, like
8: that. It's like using like you have that money. And so you're just kind of like living at your dream of like being adjacent to professional sports.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's I'm looking it up right now, but there, we don't have enough. One of the things that's been my favorite and this is just me getting old and I spend too much time on certain social medias, which are not for me. But where I see like Mavs fans who are in like their early 20s who are like, I've been a Mavs fan since 2002. And I'm like, I just feel like like falling into dust because I've been following this team since 96. And I know they're all kidding because they weren't even alive in 2002. But it's like the sort of thing where where Cuban nobody remembers this, but you can look this up on on like the Wayback Machine. He did an interview with Sports Illustrated with a photo shoot where there are multiple Mark Cuban shirtless photos, one of him in a towel. There's a lot going on back well, that's, in two thousand one.
8: That's 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 very uh very like tinpot dictator esque. <laughs>
3: Even, then nobody thinks it's weird. Uh, it, well, I mean, I do, but like, not enough people think it's weird. Yeah. Sean Payne notes that Cuban kicked Lamar Odom in a game, and oh God, what what are we doing? What a riot. Yeah,
8: and oh. the the other thing is, I mean, for for all, I mean, like, I love the stuff that Bane said. Um, like I I hope hopefully that'll you know shock some sense into some. Uh, some people within the organization, but there's like the, the but you had shared or someone in the chat had shared um, uh, like a quote from Finney Smith, and I'm looking back through my timeline to see if I can find that again. Yeah, but where, where he says uh, sometimes you think it's easy because we feel like we've got a better team, but the NBA is tough to win. And then also there was another post game quote from from Tim where he says uh, where he says. Uh, we've got to learn from our mistakes. Thankfully, it's happening now, so we can see what we can improve on, what we need to work on to bring us back to reality. And both of those quotes are like indicative of, of I think, of a mindset that is—it's similar to like what, um, like Trey Young with with the Hawks said something about like, oh, after playing in like the Eastern Conference Finals, it's hard to like get up for regular season games. Um, and I think that's its like a similar kind of mindset, except for you haven't won a playoff series. Like, mm. like, 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 what do you mean? Like, you think you're a better team? Like, like, bring you back to earth from where? Like, three games over 500 in November? Like, th- there wasn't, there was nowhere to be brought back from. Like, 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 I don't understand what would have inflated, you know, th- the players or the team's sense of like how good they were, considering there's been like no results that indicate. Like, I, like, I do agree with like a lot of people that like had things fallen differently, they they would have won a series. Um, like 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 last year, they could have like won one or two series if they hadn't you know matched up against the Clippers. But but still, I mean like you haven't won anything, and so the idea that like you need to be able to like like bring yourself back to earth is just kind of like a like a ridiculous mentality.
3: Right, right. It's this notion, and like friend, I I, I don't want to call him friend of the show. It's not fair, but I I admired J- Jake Kemp a lot of the ticket. And he's a, he's a really nice guy, smart guy, patient guy for someone who has to do talk radio and deal with Yahoo's, including me, all day. But he had a tweet this morning that was just basically like, well, I, just, I really think this team's about getting to the playoffs. And I'm like, I just could not disagree more because you have to be getting there in a place where you're happy. And we're at a really dark part of the season. And maybe around game 30 to 50, we'll somehow rebound and say, hey, do you remember when all this stuff sucked? And that's what I that's what I can go for. But it's just I don't see a way out right now. The only way out is through. And the only way through seems to be doing, you know, as I keep tweeting in the chat, you know, the insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And I don't see what they change because there's not a proper there's not a proper understanding of, of what the, the challenges are. You know, they've changed their offense and it's bad. Their defense is not something that is replicable because they do a lot of like, like blitzing and stuff where they don't have like the next time I see Dorian get beat off of a single dribble move, I just want to scream. And it's like, it's not his fault, but it's like, what, what are we doing? Like, I've seen this show for five years now. I, yeah. I and, and some of that, I mean, some of that is like,
8: I mean, there are still probably tons of fans who believe that Dorian is like a elite defensive player because that's kind of the way he's like talked about. Like if you like no. watch the Mavis he's, broadcast, no, he's not. He's not.
3: Like,
8: like, like they act like. I mean, I mean, he can like defend certain players well. Like he can. He's really James, Hard, good at James, James Harden. Harden well. That's kind of. It. Well, well, he can defend guys who aren't particularly large or aren't particularly quick, and there aren't many guys like that. Yeah. Like lots of players in the NBA are very fast and can beat you off the dribble, and so like he can't do that. But, 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 I, but I think that, I mean, I, I think that like as always, like, you are familiar with the players you watch because most people don't watch, you know, lots of NBA games every night. Um, And so they're, you know, familiar with those players and overrate them. But, like, you should hope that your front office does not do that because, you know, their job is to, you know, be aware of, like, you know, how good your players actually are. I just just feel like the, the, the front office makes that mistake.
3: Well, it's bad. like the Celtics used to do this all the time. Like, Celtics wouldn't trade anyone over the last six years or so, and they really probably should have in, in hindsight. And every fan base does this. It's, you know, it's funny. The Lakers fan base probably gets the most heat for like loving their dudes, and yet when I look at at guys that have left the Lakers and gone elsewhere, like, and we're talking like even like more fringer dudes like Svi, Mikhailu, and you know, there's there's Alex Caruso, who everyone thought I was a lunatic about last year and I wasn't, and like Lonzo and Brandon Ingram. It's like the Lakers like have a ton of guys that ended up being like really impactful. It's pretty funny. But mo like like I don't think that we like most mass fans, I like don't think really understand the talent disparity between most teams night to night. Like I I I hear you if you were to go through, and I'm pretty sure Reggie Bullock was a first round pick but like most pretty good teams are built through the draft or through superstars coming together. Like those are the two options. You know, the, the bucks are kind of the conglomeration of, of the two, but it's just like, there's a lot of like decisions that have to go right. And we have not, we talked about this last night. The Mavericks have not it, it respected a number of, of areas of, of how you improve your team. And that's where we are right now. Like the, the, the starters tonight consisted of two second round picks, two undrafted guys and a first round player. The first guy off the bench in Boban was another undrafted guy who came over to the league late. And it's just like, what are we doing? This is not good enough. And it's not that I hate to kick these guys in the shins, but it's just, you know the the Luca makes everything more than the sum of their parts, and if he's not playing like a god, then everything seems to be in shambles. And you know I'm really happy Porzingis is playing better, for example. But like the the numbers on Porzingis are actually worse than last year, even though I think he looks better. I mean it's it's really it's.
8: Yeah, I mean, I mean I I, it's the kind of thing that I think that like a lot of people are frustrated because it doesn't feel like that there's like a light at the end of the tunnel per se that there isn't like a thing that like one thing you can fix and this that that fixes everything else because because i think there's so much of it that's you know kind of interrelated that, that you know sometimes you're like if if only we could you know replace this player with another player if only we could right. you know you know right. like i mean like so that, like there's just so many things like the coaching's bad the roster's bad the front office is bad uh, like Luke is out of shape, you know, Porzingis gets injured and like, but it's all kind of like you, like, it's not an easy fix. It's not like we can add one player and then it's better. We can add, get a new, new coach and it's better. We can do whatever. And so I think that that's kind of what makes it feel like you're just kind of on like the, tri- the treadmill of mediocrity, which is where like most of the league is most of the time.
3: And Hugh, who coined that phrase? Do you remember? Because I do. That was years. I'm trying to remember because I I remember. It was Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban at the Sloan Conference. It was. It was. He might not have been the first one to say it, but he was the first one credited with it. it. I remember True Hoop, which was an early ESPN blog. I used to live on that, and they used to send, like, I I was initially part of the true hoop network like a thousand years ago. And I had like had the chance to go to Sloan and I didn't, but I followed all the coverage. So yeah. Yeah.
8: Yeah. Uh, I did not know it was Cuban, but yeah, thanks for having me up.
3: Of course, buddy. Of course. Um, let me see here. I wanted to say that there was somebody who just asked me something. I I'm sorry. Like one of the funny parts about running these is like I'm multitasking all the time. And the fact that I, uh, the fact that I haven't um, ever accidentally closed the app in the middle of this is a, um, is a boon. Um, friend of the program, Isaac uh, says that he has um, a question and I'm trying to find him in here so that I can invite him up. Isaac, can you press the invite button? Cause I wanted to, to hear what your question is. If not, I got one more. I got a couple of folks in the meantime that will come up. There he is. Isaac. What's up, buddy. Hit that unmute button there in the bottom. Let's go. Hey, buddy.
9: Well, man. What? I just want to make sure that Brian, Brian, are you good? He's better now. That's the point of these.
3: He feels better after cursing, cursing here as opposed to cursing on on the Twitter.
9: I just want to make sure somebody can check on him or something because I was getting worried about him.
3: He's okay. Sometimes we need some therapy. I mean, you missed me at the start where I was on one. Okay. (laughs) you know, it's better to talk to your therapist than to go scream this in the public square. And I'm everybody's therapist. I was going to say this. This is group
9: therapy. It's this is what this is for. I I actually have a question. I have a mass state media question. (laughs) And this is this is a this is a question that I'm honestly like processing. I know where I'm leaning right now, but I just want to get the heart behind it. The Desmond Bay and I just did a post game pod and I brought up the same question. So, but I just want to get your thoughts on it. Should, should NBA teams be held to a higher accountability for missing on a player within close proximity that played college basketball? And I asked that because obviously the Desmond Bain thing, I know how everyone feels about it, but like, what's the limit on that? That's, that's one of my questions is like, does Texas count? Is it, Does like Texas A&M count? How far does it go, and why does other fran does other franchises like fan bases
3: do that too? Ooh, so like Philadelphia, which has like a number of colleges nearby. Exactly, it has to be. It it has to be nearby stuff for me, like really like drivable distance stuff. Like I've been kicking Donnie Nelson in the shins because that man has 300 businesses all around Texas that he drives around and talks to people and he couldn't be bothered to go to a TCU game. And make no mistake, I feel pretty confident saying this on the record. From what I've heard from plenty of people that I feel confident in, the Mavericks did not ever give a crap about him. That's a bad miss. It's a bad, bad miss. Uh, But your specific instance of, like, for me, it would have to be, what, TCU, SMU, and is there any other bigger colleges in the area? I don't really think so. Not bigger ones, no. Yeah. Because it's like, the you know, because it was the... Gosh, it was the draft where we ended up signing the the other Atintukumpo brother, and um, there was the SMU player who we traded, but we drafted for... Shake some, Milton. Shake Milton, like that's another guy. Like, I mean, this yeah. this sort of stuff sucks, Isaac. Like this, yeah. you know, like like my, you know, you make this, you make the Mass State Media joke, but even like you guys are a ha- you guys are a a, a a sunny side up podcast. I really enjoy that about you guys, but even like like Nick. Nick, I can tell has been getting kind of frustrated with this stuff recently and it just it it comes to show you where it's like like with with a guy like Luca you, you can take for granted you you can kind of um you can both take him for granted and also you know get away with some mistakes but it's just like when a guy like that roasts you for twenty nine points and then proceeds to roast you in the post game that yeah. hurts. oh yeah 100 percent and yes uh pre and post
9: pod. Discussions and talks that are not on the record and not on pods are the, the best right now because yeah I think everybody's a little frustrated you know frustrated right now and I just yeah I, I that's just something I've been thinking about with the Desmond Bain discourse because sure. they obviously missed on Josh Green they should have taken Sadiq Bay we know how many people in that front office wanted Sadiq Bay and it's like there's a plethora of other players too
3: like Tyrese Maxi and Precious and Maxi was you know, another Dallas guy yeah like, darling, literally let go. Yeah. Was he really out here in Garland? Yeah. Yes, I did know that. Oh my God. That just, and you know, you get like some of this stuff. It's like, okay, okay. You just kind of hand wash in hindsight where, where I was really pissed and still remain pissed. is just like they, the 2020 draft, they had three picks and they boofed all of them because two of the three guys are not in the league. And then the third guy is not seeing like 14 total points. Like that's just an, an out and out disaster. And you know Harald Bob gets kind of understandably pissy. I've seen him talking about it. Where he's like, "What about all the other drafts?" And he's like, "Okay, you're right. What about all the other drafts?" Which they have, you know, you know punted into the sun for 15 years. But it's just like this was the last time we we, t- we put, you know, because they're they're gonna have a draft pick this year, um, unless yeah, unless they like absolutely crap the bed. Maybe. Uh, no, no, they have this one. It's next. Is it next year's? God, I get this stuff confused. It is next Thank year's. One. That's still yeah. up to the next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like uh, they're gonna have a pick this year, but like I, you know, it's not like they're gonna go get Paolo from Duke. <laughs> like, well, you know, they're not gonna be like a bottom fourteen team in the league. So, but I think that's All a right. really good question. Appreciate you. Appreciate you asking it. Oh, no problem. No problem. Right. We'll talk soon, buddy. Let me know when you ever want me. Whenever you need a, a, the, a guest spot, because I know you and Nick work too hard. Hey, let's do it. I was thinking that uh, you were you cursed the Mavs by going to the game the other day, but then this game happened. So, Man, I had the drunkest dude sitting in front of me that game. <laughs> he just kept turning around and talking to me, and I'm like, so I didn't really like I didn't notice, and all of a sudden they're down like 15. I'm like, cool. Was it Josh? <laughs> it was not Josh. <laughs> but, and the guy's name was Ruben, which I've been messing with our, our friend Mavs Reddit, whose name is also Ruben. And he was like, it wasn't me. How dare you? Like, oh, you never know. It's so, all right, man. Thanks for coming up. All right, see you, bro. Mm-hmm. Let's make it quick, folks, because I want to go to bed. Christian, what's up?
10: Man, I I just thought uh, uh, something that was really kind of illustrative of where Cuban's mind's at is you know how he or there was reports anyways that he didn't want to pay. Uh, Goron's nineteen million dollar salary. Yep, yep. And then he buys a fucking town with like a defunct strip club and like something else. And I get it's like a goofy whatever, but I mean just kind of showing like where
3: where his. Well, you want to know something? Up. You want to know something, Christian? Just because it's it's just us girls here, well past midnight at Mavs Moneyball After Dark. The good folks at uh, Mavs Moneyball are curious about that transaction. And we're even more curious about that transaction because of the real estate agent who he sold it to. The real estate agent, or who he he bought it from rather. The real estate agent who he bought it from used to be a former team employee for the Dallas Mavericks. And that former team employee was let go for something. And I'm going to leave it at that. And anybody with some internet skills can do some research and kind of maybe connect the dots. And we're going to start looking into this and maybe ask some questions. And tie it back to why the Mavericks were making, you know, why Cuban made that choice and maybe questioning just a fair amount of decisions that go on and tie it back to what in the world in the hell is happening with the Dallas Mavericks and how did they get to be? Yeah, this is,
10: this is absurd. And, you know, I, I just like, I think I'm kind of at the point where I, I agree to an extent that really all we can do is make some lateral moves, but you know, I I think at this point, just running this team back, you know, year after year now for three, four years, whatever it's been, um, it, it's just so tough to watch, and I feel like I'm watching the same thing, year in and year out, to where it's even to the point like I thought the Russell Westbrook trade was just ridiculously stupid for the Lakers given. They're losing some key rotation pieces and all that kind of thing. But at minimum, I've developed an appreciation even for that trade that I think's pretty bad and hasn't, you know, clearly worked out, because at least they're trying something. At um, at some point, like we have to try different things. Like I, I I don't really know what's out there. I saw Duncan Robinson uh kind of fell out of the rotation or is at least you know, getting less minutes, uh, as of late, but, you know, trying to make a trade for, you know, we need so much though, that it's nothing will really fix anything to an extent. We need a center. We need a secondary ball handler. We need shooting. Um, but I would just like to see some trades cause I think, or trades for potential assets. And I loosely define that as even second round picks. Uh, just because with having Luca, our floor is at minimum close to being a play in team. And the last thing I wanted to say is uh, I think that last Pelicans game without KP but we had Luca. for everyone that wants to trade him and understandably so, um, that game I think really illustrated how important he is to the offense and kind of the gravity that he's able to kind of pull.
3: Yeah, I mean yeah. that 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 uh, like that was a, that was very much a Luka energy game where he like he had like five turnovers almost immediately. He was a mess. But yeah, KP obviously very very important.
10: Yeah, and I think you know everyone's frustrated. Uh, I think the pressure's getting not necessarily getting to him, but I think Cuban, you know, he didn't look too pleased these last few games, and hopefully. Uh, that really sinks in with them that clearly this team isn't good enough in a prime year to actually make some noise. Um, But I'll I'll let you, I know it's pretty late and being here in Chicago, I I don't know how you did it, especially on the East coast, but appreciate it as always. And uh, you know, hope you have.
3: Sure thing, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. Coming up next Saba. What's happening. I'm hopefully I'm saying that right. Tell me if I'm not. All right. From the Big Shot blog. What's up? Yeah,
11: yeah, it's it's actually Chaba.
3: Chaba, sorry.
11: No, it's all good. I'm used to it.
3: I mean, yeah, I, mean, uh, I answer to anything that sounds remotely like my name. So. Yep,
11: yeah, pretty much. Um. So yeah. So obviously, I'm frustrated, but I'm kind of annoyed that you know we don't really see any frustration on the Mavs or from any Mavs player. You know, kind of like from what we saw from Marcus Smart on the Celtics earlier this season when he was pretty much going to the media saying that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know, they're not passing the ball or anything like that. We're not seeing anything like that from, you know, the Mavs. We're not hearing about them having any sort of like team meeting or anything like that. So, you know, you don't really see the urgency from Cuban, the front office, or the players. So it just seems
3: like they're just like, you know,
11: riding along, you know, for the season and whatever
3: happens, happens. I tend to agree, and it's like, oh, there's just this notion of, okay, we're going to fail up, which, you know, totally impassive, non-Mavericks fan Kirk can actually buy that argument because of the weirdness that's happening in the West. Angry ticket-buying Mavs, you know, shareholder Kirk is like, enough of this shit. Let's let's do something and go win basketball games.
11: Yep. And also, um, you know, obviously our centers suck. And I know I've brought that up pretty much every time I've talked. But, I mean, we should – I think we should at least try, like, Aaron Baines or something. He's a free agent. He sucked last year. But, you know, maybe he can do something, you know, with Luka. Uh, You know, do something, you know, like mix things up a little bit, you know. At least show the fans that, you know, they're trying to do something to fix this because this is just – I mean, we're at 500 right now. The teams that you listed that we have to play here in the future, I mean, it looks – not Tough. very good for it. Yeah. So, you know, they need to do something quick or else, you know, we're going to be going downhill really fast.
3: We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not very. That's why we're so angry. <laughs> we're going to find out in a hurry, right? Yeah. All
11: right. All
3: right but well, that's, thank you very that's much. all I got, Kirk. Yep. You all have right. a good night. In. Mm-hmm. All right. And let me see who else we got. Sam, who's been waiting forever. Sam. And- Hey Kirk, I'll be quick because
12: yeah, everybody's pretty much said everything (laughs) at this point. So this team sucks. There's no urgency. They they want to get rid of the uh, the quote dictator and Rick Carlisle. Now we got Jason Kidd. We have a players council that doesn't know what the hell they're doing. So it's just there's no. It's like this. They're they're trying to have organization, I guess. They're trying to have something, but it's just everything's not working. Everything is just gone backwards, and. Without Luka, we really can't compete. It's just it's just more obvious tonight. Even with the fact that Memphis didn't have Jai and they won four straight and they haven't trailed in any game in this four game winning streak.
3: So, Ooh, that's a good stat. Yeah, good so, know that.
12: yeah, so there there's no excuses. It's a matter of effort. It's a matter of team building. It's a matter of everything and this organizationally from top to bottom. This team is effing trash. <laughs> it's, it's, what effing. a great time. Hey. I know. At this, at this point, like what what can you do? Because it's really the only move you can make is lateral. Even if we get Goran Dragic, I mean, he'll help, but how much is he gonna help really?
3: Um, I don't know. I'm interested in it though because I think like some level of professionalism is needed from this team, and like a veteran point of view, and it's like. You sit there and you're like, oh, well, they don't, they have veterans or they don't have veterans, and I can I can buy the argument for both when it's like a huge con- like core of their team is like close to 30, so it's like, yeah, okay, those guys are approaching veteran, but I mean like veteran in they, i you know, Udonis Haslam, I have done shit sort of way, which the Mavericks don't have any guys like that.
12: Yeah, they, they don't. But the problem is, I mean, even just with with Cuban being the de facto GM. Um, I'm not going to put no blame on Nico because this is just his first year. But it's the fact that, like the other guy said earlier, you know, why can't we find a Daniel Gafford? Why can't we get a Thaddeus Young? Like, why can't we get these French guys that we know they can help our But we choose not to because, oh, no, we're good. We got Dwight Powell. Yeah. We got Dwayne Finney Smith. I mean, and I, I don't even really hate Dwayne Finney Smith. I, I appreciate where he came from and where sure. he came from. Now. So, like, that, that's a success story, but he's only, he can only be so good. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like at some point, talent beats everything. And he's he's talented but he's not he's never gonna be a non star, which that's okay. You can be in the league for fifteen years and never be a non star, but you can you know you can last and that's that's fine. But we need talent to surround Luca with before it gets to the point to where I don't wanna say he's gonna leave, but if stuff like this keeps happening, you know, it's it's gonna get to some point you just get frustrated with everything.
3: So, yeah, I mean, uh, that the, the, the line is already, like, you can trace the path. You can see, okay, this is, was a mistake here. This is a mistake here. This was the mistake there. And I don't like it that it's this clear cut this far.
12: Yeah, that's, that's, that's not a good look. But, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. You have a good night.
3: Thanks, buddy. Talk soon. All right. Christoph, what's happening? Thanks for waiting so long. Uh, you're my last question. Hey Kirk, how's it going, bud? It's good. It's good. I've talked for almost uh 90 straight minutes tonight, and I sound like I smoke a pack of cigarettes. But
13: it's yeah, all right. Hey, really quick, just uh adding on to what the other uh few folks here in front of me said, I think the biggest issue that I see is that there's no leader on this team. Mm. Like who is the leader of There's team? not one. Right? I think I think this whole player council thing might have been an idea to maybe push some people into a leadership role, but they ju- they just don't have it, right? Like, and your best player doesn't have to be your leader, but there is nobody.
3: And that has been, it's almost been a problem going back to last season where like Barea was the closest thing. I think they sort of tried to hoist this mantle of leadership on Luca, just in terms of responsibility. But I think he could grow to be that guy one day, but he's not that guy now. He's 22. I mean, it took Dirk for a real long time. Like they need, they had to move on from, nash and from finney and from michael finley like dirk was not the vocal leader and i don't really know if they have one i think the closest thing they have right now might be tim hardaway jr
13: yeah i i don't i don't disagree i said that to a buddy of mine uh, last season it seemed like this but i think this season he's so occupied with his own shot and his own issues and stuff that it's tough to be a leader then too right yeah. i think that then translates down to the complete lack of grit and like hustle, right? Like someone like Bain, like at some point or another, like even Tim Hardaway Jr. said, they're not like, I'm not letting that mofo draft bias anymore. I'm going to take that guy. And if he does, I'm going to foul him so hard that he thinks about it twice the next time. Uh And I mean, I know we shouldn't talk like that. Right. I mean, but you know what? Foul him, but foul him fair. Right. Like be, you know, like be aggressive. Or, you know, Ingram, like, you know, you stand there and like, or, you know, and people screaming in your face and like posting up and being tough, fake tough guys. I mean, you know what? I played sports. I've never been the most talented guys, but I've always been the guy who wanted it the most. And I was always the guy willing to sacrifice myself for the team. If that mean I, I had to get a car, or I had to get a suspension, so be it, right? But yeah. you, can't, you can't just be there and roll over. Yeah, Oh, it's, 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 sorry it's, that just frustrates me so that's kind of like the, the one thing and the other last thing I'm going to say really quick sorry it's, uh, I was thinking about this a bit I think my Carlisle was so good at like getting the best out of the players not that I was a big Carlisle fan but he very much understood these players are not very smart so I'm going to tell them exactly what their role is they're going to stick exactly to that and that's how we're going to get the best out of it. Kit's philosophy is different but the problem is the players aren't able to to live with a more you know, like I have to think for myself now and kind of free flow philosophy. And I think that mm-hmm. kind of shows with everything, right? They're yeah. running all over, but they have no clue what they're doing. They're not smart players. Well, when things get down, it looks worse. It, it is really
3: what, like I, I think I appreciate from a high level the value of impl- of empowering these guys to work through things on their own without being need need without their hands needing to be held. But I also yeah, think no, it's not. It's not fair to put some of them in this position because it's outside of their overarching skill set. I mean, it, like Dorian dribbled up the ball repeatedly in some games that's going to work because teams were laying off of him and then like the Grizzlies were like putting pressure on him from like 75 feet. It's like you could just see like the alarm bells going off in Dorian.
13: Yeah, no, and and I agree with you, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, I think if you try to go from one extreme to another, right? I mean, these players, we've said it, the same players for the last, I don't know, 100 years. I mean, they've been used to doing one thing the same way, right? Now we want them to do something completely different. It's like, you know, it's panic mode, right? And I, yeah. don't, I don't blame them, right? I mean, I think all of us would be the same in our Oh, thoughts, certainly. But <laughs> then do it in baby steps and say, hey, you know what, Doria? Right? Like, not, hey, do whatever you want.
3: Sure. Sure. Like Jalen Brunson is a good example of somebody who has benefited from more freedom to do certain things. Like he's playing better. He's, he's had better stat lines, et cetera. And then there's guys like Bullock and, and Dorian Finney Smith, where I'm just like, these are, these are limited option players. Let's not make them and like, like Reggie shot a running floater tonight from 15 feet. that had me screaming at my TV and it's like, what is that? (laughs) <laughs> uh, anyway it's a good point Christoph. i yeah, think man, this, this is a good like way to end the show
13: with my daughter so yeah
3: Anyway,
13: yeah, well, this is well, thank you for you joining tonight night. this was this was good you too buddy yeah sorry I'm i had fast fingers okay my phone kicked me out
3: <laughs> take it easy that is all right this is this is a pain in the butt app sometimes particularly when it does updates Okay, folks, we uh, have done second straight night in a row where I'm like, I'm going to talk for a half hour, I've talked for an hour and 15 minutes. So I'm going to run this, uh, get this up tomorrow. Please download, even though you've already listened to the whole thing. Appreciate your support in making me feel like I'm not a crazy person because sometimes I feel like I am one of the few people who has a platform that is willing to say this is not good enough and I'm tired of the excuses. Uh, you guys are great. Um, go Mavs. And we will talk to you at some point in the week.